This episode is brought to you by Netflix. Hold your carriage horses and tighten those corsets. Bridgerton is back. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom. But has Penelope truly pushed aside her feelings for Colin? Will Colin realize his feelings before another suitor takes Penelope's hand? This gentle reader can't wait to find out. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix May 16th. Hello and welcome to the U Up Podcast Sunday special bonus episode. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I am Jared Freed. It is great to be back here for a Sunday special bonus with you, Jordana. Um, I'm very excited because we have a great guest today. This is, this is exciting because I think I can speak for both of us. We're both fans of the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking. And uh, we have today... I would call you the star of the show. I'm very excited to have her on. Aparna Shaywak Romani. thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure. I, 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 I mean, I'll st- I want to start by saying you're like the breakout star from the show. Do you, do you feel that or do you do know agree? that? Do you, do you agree? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I think that there's a lot of conversation going around my portrayal. So I was definitely polarizing. Um, I was definitely talked about. I still am today. It's been about five or six weeks since the show came out. And people still have a lot to say. I'm surprised. <laughs> do, do you feel like you got like a like the edit that you got was like accurate or? There was no, no? I mean, this was supposed to be a docu-series. That's what I signed up for. I signed up for a docu-series that was going to highlight the best parts of my culture and the range marriage process. And then two years later, I'm at my TV watching it at 2 a.m. when it drops. Um, (laughs) This isn't a docu-series. This is a reality TV show. I didn't sign up for a reality TV show. Have you ever watched Sex in the City? Uh, yes, I have. Back in the day. Do you remember the when Carrie's like supposed to be on the front of the magazine and it's like single and fabulous, and then she like go she she goes to do this magazine cover and then they change the cover and it's like it's like her like smoking a cigarette, looking like really tired, and it's like single and fabulous question mark. She goes, I did not sign up for single and fabulous question mark. Literally, I, I am I'm question marking this one. I'm like, wait. What? <laughs> I, I have a question, Aparna. Can you define the difference to me between a docu series and a reality TV series? I'm I'm wondering. Yeah. So for me, the docu series was um, is a more accurate portrayal. It is okay. Um, actually, following the complexities of the characters, like all their different facets, um, as we people are all multifaceted. Whereas a reality sure. show kind of grabs us, makes us um, archetypes and sound bites, and does things to you know elicit reactions from the viewer. Versus the docu series that actually is telling the story. Okay. Yeah. I I I thought like to me. You said something right when we introduced you that there was uh, that's interesting. You said a docu series that would show the best parts of my background and culture, but like to me, I'm like, okay, well, there's you know, not all of us have family members and have backgrounds that were like uh, that uncle. I'm not gonna bring around, <laughs> you know, like right. that aunt. I'm not gonna like. I I would never want that aunt on a TV show, mm-hmm. and and I think like. To me, like I enjoyed hearing like your perspective, the things you were looking for, whether it was real to you or not, I did have like, I was like, okay, well, this is someone and based on the emails that we get about people kind of like not really owning the standard that they have, like I I, I think that hurts them more than it helps them. Like to you, I was like, to me, I I think you're like the good medicine. <laughs> like like you represent to me you represent it. It may not be a true or not, but like something that's aspirational for everyone to say, I want this, I don't want that, and some of that's a little bit hard to hear. Maybe, maybe that's what they were trying to do. I mean, I didn't edit the show, I didn't craft these stories, I didn't, you know, heavily sensationalize them. Um, I was myself the whole uh process, but there is hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage, and I think sure. in the end what do you guys see, like an hour and a half of me tops? There's seven of us looking for love on eight episodes, but Seema, you know, being our core son that we all rotate around. So I don't know if it's possible on TV in general to get full stories, but I definitely think that there's a way to make ones that aren't as skewed or as um, 
I don't know, polarizing. There's definitely the villains in the show. There's the heroes. They're the princesses. They're the mama's right. boys. Like they made them all, and they made them sure. simplistically that it was kind of confusing. We were all watching it as castmates. We talk sometimes, and we're like, "What is this? Like this is not who we are." Um, but that's TV, also, and it's fun. It's a good watch, and people are enjoying the show. It's um, sparked a lot of good conversations about really hard topics like colorism and casteism, heightism. Apparently, it's bad to be under five three. I didn't know that. I am five yeah. three. So I was relieved because I made the cutoff. But then I was like, why am I relieved? That's a deeper, darker question. Um, right. so I, I don't know. I think the show did a lot um, and contributed a lot to those conversations. And I'm proud of that for, for everything it's accomplished. Well, do you Absolutely. feel like it was like an accurate portrayal of how matchmaking in like the Indian communities really works? Or do you feel like it's not really like that? Or it was different on the show than it would be from people? Do you know people who have done it like off camera, obviously, like in real life. Yeah, I do know people. But again, this show was, um, everybody wants it to be this this big reveal of the entire culture and arranged marriage. But it was seven people um, in, in, some of us in the US, so that looked different, and then some of us in India. And the people in India are all very like, upper class and um, they're all very, you know, of a, of a similar background and that doesn't, that's not indicative of all of India. And I think that's a big thing that happened with the show. Everybody wanted the show to show all of India because um, South Asians aren't represented in the media and they wanted to see themselves represented and they wanted the whole culture to be represented, but there's no way this show could do that or any show. And I think you think back to the way that like black media came about, you know, with the Cosby show um, being what we believed was black America. And now there's so many iterations of of the good, the bad, um, and the the familial look, the drama look, and, and there's just a bigger representation. So every show isn't held to a standard of representing all of the black culture. And I hope that that's one day what happens with South Asian culture. I think it's starting with Never Have I Ever um, being a fictionalized show or scripted show this year. Um, it, it started with us. There's, a, I think, a Bravo show, obviously, that is now South Asian based. So as more shows come about, I don't think people will expect their entire culture uh, to be represented by that one show. It's a really yeah, interesting I, I, point. Like the more you, the more you have, the more it's like individual stories who happen to be in this culture, and you get like some a, a little bit of it, but you're not expecting it to be everything. Yeah. So I don't know if yeah, that's your question on matchmaking, but like I, I do <laughs> believe this is representative of a few people, and it's probably these seven people that you're watching. Um, but it, I think matchmaking and arranged marriage is like a fingerprint, and I've said this before, but like it's unique. My definition and my fingerprint um, of arranged marriage is dependent on many factors. One is my family and the way that they view. Uh, marriage. One is my culture. So I live in Houston, Texas. Who did I grow up around? You know, it was pretty diverse, thankfully. And, um, you know, it was it was wonderful and, and applauded all cultures. Um, but I was not in India. So I don't come with a lot of those stricter, more traditional backgrounds. And then also a big part is me. What do I believe my voice is in arranged marriage? Obviously, you see them trying to show you different representations, like Akshay is my foil, I guess, where he apparently, according to the show, has no say in it. And I, on the other hand, am, am you know, screaming it from the rooftops, what I want. But all of us have those factors, and those factors will all combine to make our fingerprint of arranged marriage. And I think that's an interesting thing that this show did. A lot of Europeans and Americans have been DMing me being like, but you were you guys weren't forced into it. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh, I thought you were forced in an arranged marriage system. And I'm like, no, forced marriage is not arranged marriage. I mean, it could be in some, you know, extenuating circumstances. But for us, we all had our choices. And we were saying yes or no or yes or no to each person we went on a date with. Well, I found it interesting also when they were, I mean, you, they, they talked about your mom and how like she, it, 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 they made it seem like she actually kind of was forced into this or like coerced into this marriage um, at a really young age, which was why, um, you know, she kind of brought you up to be like, to make sure that you were, that you knew exactly what you wanted, you were setting your standard and you were like making sure that you were picking someone that you were going to be really happy with. Um, so does it, do you feel like it's kind of changed like the, as, as we've gotten more modern, like it is, it is more like that personal choice and less about like family expectations or, you know, a little bit more pressure on maybe the woman in particular? I think it depends on the family. So my mom has a lot of friends, obviously her age, that um, had many choices. Some of them will joke that they saw 50 men before they picked one or went around the country in India on a train, like meeting different men. So I think, it, again, it's, it was their own fingerprint. And my mom's own fingerprint was, yeah, she was heavily pressured into marrying um, my father. And for her, she didn't appreciate that. It obviously didn't work out their divorce. And um, 
for us, for my sister and I, she wanted us to have complete agency over the people that we picked. And my sister picked someone amazing eight years ago and is happy. He's blonde. He's blue eyed. He's from the Pacific Northwest and they are the best couple. And my mom supports it 100% has from day one. And he's family. He was family the minute we met him because my sister said, this is the guy I'm going to marry. Um, and so I think it's interesting that they made her seem so traditional and such like a hard ass when in real life, she's like the super progressive, like hippy dippy, like find your love, like do what's good for you. And I'm like, yeah, mom, that's right. <laughs> and she's like, there's no age, there's no time limit. Um, and so I've always been very blessed to have her as, you know, my family structure and have my sister as such a great example of, you know, pick the one you're going to be with, you know, work on it, work hard on it and enjoy the ride. Now, do you, do you think that there's a place for matchmaking? Like, I, I, like, do you think that there's like, like, I, I understood from watching it that there was like, especially when people referenced love match versus matchmaking. Like I kind of I kind of enjoyed that because they were like, yeah, we found each other in this way. To me it sounded like someone talking about dating app versus meeting at a bar. Yeah, you know how when we meet our friends and they're telling us about the new guy and you're like, did you meet in real life? And it's like a whole yeah. thing. Like IRL, <laughs> it's like a real thing. Like, And someone's like, I met sure. him at a house party. Or someone's like, I met him at the grocery store. And I'm like, wow, that happens? Like, And I think that's where matchmaking was. When I signed up for the show, I was on the dating apps and I was sitting at the singles table at weddings and people were setting me up on blind dates and none of it was working. So when I saw this application to be a part of the show, I thought it could be another avenue. And a matchmaker could be another avenue but i don't think it for me it was like the be all end all like i think it, it was next to the option of bumble um it was another sure. bumble for me what mm. did someone call her on the show like premium tinder that's what i saw it as too i was like it's premium tinder i, I don't have to swipe right or left but i can um, and i can even be more specific instead of that one line profile we all put in there if we're even lucky to get that you know um so it's for me it was another avenue i'm a hopeless romantic i thought wow wouldn't it be crazy that i had to go on a show just to find the love of my life and ironically, we're all still single on the show. <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Headliners, Ulta, Fenty Beauty, Levi's, Adidas, and so much more. Seriously, the list seems endless. Rakuten is how the in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. Personally, I'll be shopping for beauty and apparel. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. You know I love to find the best deals while I'm shopping. And trust me, Rakuten is the hack to save money while shopping. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members can earn cash back on everything they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, like beauty, clothing, electronics, travel, and dining. And this week only you're going to get the best deals ever. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you can get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Skims, and with warmer weather coming up, I recently tried out one of their t-shirts. Skims makes the best basics and foundations, so it's no surprise that it's the best-fitting tee I've ever worn. Finding the perfect t-shirt can be such a challenge, whether it's the fit or the quality, but with Skims, they make the most flattering shirts for everyone. Honestly, I love pretty much everything Skims makes, but I really love their t-shirts. They're like form-fitting, and they make my body just look that much smoother. I have the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt in Onyx. It has amazing versatility. It is literally a must-have for a spring wardrobe. They're stretchy, they're flattering. You can dress it up or dress it down and you don't have to worry about compromising style or comfort. I also have the cotton jersey t-shirt in marble and it's really just changed the game for me. It's taking the regular t-shirt, it's leveling it up. There's no stretched collars or hems and it literally fits like a dream. Skims t-shirts are made with innovative technology while always keeping style and comfort in mind. From crop silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, Skims has something for every fit and everybody. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes extra extra small to 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know i sent you after you place your order select podcast in the survey and select you up in the drop down menu that follows so I, I i but it is interesting and i think this relates to the podcast that you're on right now this this show the difference between the conversation that's happening on the internet and on twitter 
and the one that you know that I, I I watched the show and I was like I was I was kind of impressed with the process. Like I, I understood the messiness of like if any of us were put in a room and asked what are you looking for in a partner, it right. wouldn't sound great. Like they like kind of make fun of it on the screen when they're like, she wants someone who like likes to to travel, but also like wants to stay home. Like you know when they're yeah. making fun, <laughs> they're making fun of the thing, the, yeah. the traits people are desiring. Yeah, totally. And then for if someone said like, you know, background wise, what do you what do you want from it? It would sound icky, and that that's kind of like you know. And then you go online and you go on Twitter, and there's this like. You know, I, I, morality wins on Twitter, no matter what. Like, whatever the, the most morality point is going to be. But when it comes to relationships, it's it's all very kind of a gray area. Like, hearing you say, I don't like comedy. I don't want to fun Like, that was made into such a huge thing in my world. But I kind of understood it as something else. I, how did you... Like, I understood it as, like, you didn't want a guy that was sitting there joking and doing dad jokes the whole time. Like, I... I that, but how how would you explain like that ver you know thing saying that to the person? So Seema asked me um, right off the bat what I wanted, and the viewers don't see this, but I say only two things really in real life. Um, in real life, I say I want someone who's more introverted and who's more quiet, kind of the wallflower guy. He's super chill, laid back, and then I want someone who's very intelligent. And I don't mean just like book smart. I mean like he's learning about the world around him, and then he's sharing it with me. And that's like a constant part of our day-to-day -day relationship, like the, mm -hmm. the sharing of the things that um, we are passionate about, even if they're different things. And um, Seema's like, no. And I was like, what? And she's like, do you speak Hindi, by the way? And I was like, no, my Hindi's terrible. Like, can we stay to stick to English? And she's like, yeah. So now I'm confused because I've just met this lady and I'm thinking, uh-oh, like, she's not even speaking English really well here. Um, Hold on. I'm, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Is she someone that you found through the show or is she someone that's out there and you were introduced to how do you come across Seema um so for me she is part of the show so I didn't meet Got her until that moment you guys see me meeting her when I opened the door that is the first time I met her I didn't know her name until a minute before that got and it they were like her name is Seema I said okay they're like call her Seema on I said sure they're like ring the doorbell <laughs> like the doorbell <laughs> rings and I'm like okay here we go like let's tape um and so I'm telling her I want these things and she's just like no and I'm like, no, she must not be understanding me. I just met this lady. I know exactly what I want. Like, and she's like, no, you need someone jolly. And I'm like, well, Santa Claus is jolly. I don't want a jolly guy. And I'm like, no, no. I'm thinking in my head, she doesn't get it. So I'm like, okay, I don't want. You're like, I want a guy that goes to the gym. I don't want a guy eating cookies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want the funniest guy in the room. And she's like, no. And I'm like, I don't want someone who's like, I don't, I don't like comedy. Like, I'm thinking it's a language barrier at this point. So I keep saying it. And sure. Like, oh, until they got the sound bite. Of right, right. And right. I'm over and over again thinking like in my head, I'm racking my brain. I've taken Hindi in like college in the classroom and I'm like, was there a word for introvert? Like, what's the word for introvert in Hindi? <laughs> like, because someone's got to marry that guy and I think it's going to be me and I want that. And she's all like, no. And so finally I realized that she's just going to say no to me because she's already picked my first date and it's someone I don't want to go on a date with. It's a jolly man. It's a jolly man. <laughs> well, well that, I mean, that also is something to say. Like I have met, with matchmakers in the past and they dealt with Jewish people, people with Jewish backgrounds. So yeah. to say like, I like what you're saying to me is, is on track with kind of what I was thinking. Like, I didn't think you were like, I hate comedy. And if I hear a joke, go fuck yourself. Like I didn't, like, <laughs> but again, on the world of Twitter, that's what it becomes. And nuance and context is left at the door to make your morality point. But I, to what you're saying, I've met with, um, this woman who did Jewish background, you know, matchmaking, and she has a she has a closet full of inventory that she's got to sell, and that's very apparent <laughs> when you meet with these people. Is she's got so what you're saying? I totally understand where she's like, no, 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 no. What if what if I put you in a '97 Corolla? Like they, you know, right. and it's or like I just so I happens. Right. I know what you need. It's not what you yeah. think you need. I mean, do you think there's anything to that? The idea that like someone wouldn't know what they what they wanted or what they needed really needed until it was like put in front of them. Potentially. I think that's some 
sometimes that happens. I'm in my thirties. I've been on like hundreds of first dates. I've been in relationships and like the things I'm asking for are not crazy. I'm not like, I want model good looks and a certain skin color. And like, I want him to go to this specific school. I'm telling you, I want someone laid back, chill and intelligent. Like I'm not asking for like Brad Pitt, you know, like I'm asking for for what I think is a, is a pretty good uh, fit for my personality type and what I've, you know, done some soul searching for. Um, and I even say in the show, I'm like, you know, I've dated the funny guy in the past and like I've dated the life of the party and it hasn't worked and it's not for me. And especially as I grow older, that's not who I want to come home to. Um, and that's my choice and that's my preference. And uh, that's another thing I was so surprised about. People are very upset with my preferences. Like me not liking a beat is like a huge deal. And I'm like, sure. I'm not asking you to like, the, like not like the beach. I'm just telling you, I don't prefer it. Like, and, and so I don't know. That's also it's it's interesting to me. I think it's interesting because you know sometimes, you know, we'll get an email that asks like, "Is it okay?" He didn't. He wanted to split dinner. He wanted to split the tab. Is that okay? And it's like, well, listen, I don't. It's 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 not up to me to tell you what you think is okay. You know, like you don't like if if that tasted bad to you, that tasted bad to you. That's an icky thing to admit is that the guy paying for them in this day and age, it's an icky thing to say, well, I like when the man pays for the first date. Okay, I would understand that. I understand, but I can't tell you what makes you salivate. Like that's, that's just a, that's a human desire. Like I, I, that's why I, 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 I was so interested in kind of the, that you became a focal point of it because all it seemed to me was that you were owning a standard. And I, I think that's great and kind of a lesson to be learned. But here's another thing. So they, they soundbited all the things I disliked. What if about, mm. what if in the hundreds hours of footage, they went around and they soundbited all the things I did like? Sure. That would be a whole different character and portrayal. I would be Nadia. Because <laughs> like, I also, <laughs> I'm very, I'm opinionated and I'll tell you what I like and what I don't like. And they could have easily chosen the things that I liked. And then I could have been yeah. the glowing flower child. You know, like I could have been like, sure. oh, this is so awesome. She loves everything. Like, so let's also right. think about the way that we consume media and the portrayals that we have, especially of strong women who are vilified time and again in every show. And we as viewers are just not getting wise to it. And we're allowing it. And um, we're supporting it by watching it and perpetuating it and giving them ratings for it. I don't well, think I can change that. I don't think that's a huge conversation. But I think it's interesting because I don't watch TV a lot. And so for me to be on this TV show, it was really interesting to see because I'm like, Oh, I had no idea about media consumption. Like I just had never thought well, about. It. There's a reason the flower child. I wouldn't consider her the breakout star of the show, and I would consider you the breakout star of the show. I mean that that plays into it too. Where I would say, you know, no one, you know, the the, the things that do well in comedy are things you hate, not things I love. Right. <laughs> you Why know, does so. Jessica Batten do so great. Why are we still talking about Jessica Batten, but no one else from the show? I don't even remember the other people from the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, there was Jessica Patton. And I personally loved her on the show when I watched it. Um, and other people didn't. And so Jessica I, Patton, what show are you referencing? I, I didn't hear. Uh, Love is Blind. Sure, sure. Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah, Jessica yeah, yeah, 34. Yeah. Mark 34. 24. <laughs> yes, Mark Wait, 24. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't say her full name, Jessica 34. <laughs> Jessica 34 is her name, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. Who will talk to you never. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is very interesting. I do think societally there's this idea or like this notion which you would think would be kind of like lessened by now but is still very much there of like once you reach a certain age as a woman you should just like take what you can get and like sort of like get over like anything like just settle for whatever like is thrown at you so i think it was like it, this was like a very interesting pushback to that that clearly the world is not like caught up in terms of allowing women to say, to still have standards or to still be be um particular and set their standard for what they want and the world still wants women to be likable. I mean, even Seema was saying she didn't like my talking pattern, which means that I didn't smile enough or giggle enough or like, you know, coy, coy away my eyes and like put them down and bat my eyelashes enough for her to understand me. And she's a 60-year-old woman. Like, what? Yeah. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, like you could just be a little more likable. And I'm like, no, I don't actually care um, if I'm likable to every man. But unfortunately, that's what we as young women were taught. By the age of 10, people were telling us, like, dress the way the men want you to dress. Like, be likable to all the guys in your classroom. Like, how many guys have a crush on you? Not, hey, does a really decent guy want to get to know you? But like, hey, I heard that like five different guys like that girl. And so then that became our goal and our whole 20s. I wish someone would have shook Aparna in her 
20s and been like, stop getting dressed for a date thinking, what will the guy like? My friends used to give me advice like, if you sit back um, away from him and then giggle into him, he'll think that you're very interested. And you don't even have to listen to him. It's like you can glaze your eyes over and then at a certain point, just like come back in and start asking questions. And he'll think you're interested, but really you just weren't listening. This is the advice that was given in my 20s. Jordana and I, we've talked about how like we even see the younger generation is of women we kind of, you know, we talked about like how like we see it. It's the, uh, it's different than even ours. We're around the same age. Like right. I, I see it in the way women, you know, and, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense. I mean, the way women dress, you know, that are younger where they're like, you know, the, the love my curves and like, and, and we kind of talk about on this show, like where it's like, I mean, I've said on this show where it's like, it's kind of disgusting to say, but like there's a, there are guys out there who like feet. So, like, you are someone's foot. So, like, the idea that, like, you have to, like, change yourself to some guy that you don't even know who they are is, like, a little crazy. But that takes time to learn, just like you're saying. You know, like, that takes, you know, confidence and learning what you're into and not into. Yeah, and that takes a, a, an ability to understand that, like, you're not looking for every man to love you. You're looking for the right person. And in my 30s, yeah. like, I'm looking for the right person. So, like, when they showed that Shaker, quote-unquote, rejected me, and I say, that's okay, uh, but I like me. I mean mm. it. Like, I, right. I like myself, and I'm working very hard every day. Before I go to bed, I'm like, hey, was I a good uh, employee today? Was I a good daughter? Was I a good sister? Was I a good friend? Was I good to my pet? Did I take care of him? Did I learn something new? And, you know, am I evolving? Sure. At the end of every day, if I can say that, I like me. And so mm -hmm. if someone on Twitter in Korea or India or South Africa wants to sit behind their keyboard and say mean things about a portrayal they saw of me on a show, I don't mind. And I don't mind if a man says to me after our first date, hey, like, I think you're into me, but I just don't think I'm on the same page. I would respect that. I would say thank yeah. you for wasting my time and thank you for making your preferences known. Like, I wish you the best of luck. And I would hope that they would say the same to me if I said, hey, I just don't think that there's chemistry there. And that obviously they do feel that way because I'm still best friends with Shaker from the show. I talk to him every day. I'm seeing him in Chicago this week. I talk to Dilip and Jay almost every day. I left that show with three great grounded loyal men and they're my cheerleaders like i'm not on twitter and they would be like i got on twitter and i told some trolls off today i'm like don't do that don't waste your time like i don't i don't need that from you i think that's very sweet but like i don't need you to do that for me there's no better feeling than spinning around in a salon chair to see your hair looking absolutely perfect but it feels impossible to come up with that same look at home even the best blowout brush won't give you that salon shine thanks to vegamore sticking to my hair routine has never been easier and i'm finally seeing the shinier healthier looking hair that i've always wanted. Now I love the way my hair looks and feels. It's like salon fresh hair that starts at the roots. I have the Grow Hair Serum and I can already tell that it's working. Like my hair feels healthier. I love that it doesn't make my hair feel oily or sticky. I feel like I'm doing something really healthy for my hair. I also got to try the Lash Serum and the Brow Serum. Honestly, my hair has been hard to grow. So I love what Vegamore is doing and I'm already seeing results. I'm already seeing thicker, faster growing hair. Vegamore products are 100% cruelty free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. When it comes to seeing results, the key is consistency. For best looking results, use for a minimum of three months for visibly fuller, healthier, and thicker looking hair. When I sign up for monthly subscription, I can get one bottle or three bottles sent. Plus I save more and I never run low on the products I need to take care of my hair. Give your hair the power of a little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, you up listeners get 20% off their first order by going to vegamore.com slash UUP and use code UUP at checkout. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash UUP, code UUP to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash UUP, code UUP. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. Get fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. And you always have the option to buy what you love. For sometimes up to 75% off. 
Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code UUP20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code UUP20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, with code UUP20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. With Seema, the matchmaker, do you think there's someone like, you know, it? to me it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that like, it seems like Seema was with the show. Like, it kind of like, revo- like, is she a producer on the show? I, I yeah. No, but like, but like, <laughs> is this to, is this to help her business? Like, you know, like, is that part of it? Like, I'm sure she's getting calls right now because it's a popular show. And I'm sure people are like, hey, I, I want to find love. Like, love is 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 a drug love is like fitness industry like that you know the dating apps are a money-making thing so like you know do you think there's a version of SEMA that exists out there that is doing a great job at at, at indian matchmaking or matchmaking in general yeah so SEMA is a, a matchmaker in bombay for a very specific community uh, the Marvel okay. community. And she is well networked in that community. She understands their traditions and their culture. And I believe that if you were a traditional Marvari in Bombay of a certain class or socioeconomic group, that she would be the best matchmaker for you. Um, she, however, was met by the creator of the show years ago on a documentary that I think is on Amazon Prime right now still. It won like some Tribeca Film Festival awards and stuff like that called A Suitable Girl. And that was about upper middle class families or middle class families in India. It was a documentary, a proper documentary. Um, And Seema was one of the moms on that show who was trying to get her own daughter married off. And from what I understand, the creator of this show met her, did the whole documentary on her, so taped her for four or five years, and then thought, hey, I could pitch this woman as her own show. She's a matchmaker, right? And so I think that's how this was born. Um, And so I didn't know anything about the matchmaker until I swear a minute before she rang my doorbell. Um, Mm -hmm. I had uh, contacted a South Asian matchmaker in the US years ago. And I, she's very expensive, but she's probably the best and maybe the only one actually. And so I assumed it was her. I was like, oh, I think I know which matchmaker they're going to choose for this show. It's going to be that one I contacted years ago um, in D.C., who's an ex-lawyer who couldn't find, you know, a husband at the time that she was looking that was kind of just like her, you know, like an educated professional South Asian. And so she started her own company. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's who it's going to be. And then this woman comes in and she's like, do you speak Hindi? And I'm like, oh, it's (laughs) not the American woman from D.C. It's someone who might not even understand the words I'm saying. So is is matchmaking yeah. sort of an uh, more of an upper class thing in in India or is it for everyone? No, I mean I've heard stories about how the the barbers in India and in, in rural villages are the ones who do the matchmaking and years ago there used to be actual matchmakers who would go from village to village with suitcases full of those one page bio datas. I mean everybody from the bottom to the top uses a matchmaker in India. Um, or is at least has one available to them. There's so many that it's community-based and class-based and all of these things. And you go to the one that fits what you want in your partner and what you are. Um, and in India, they do very strict financial checks on your family. Like, I think you have to turn around bank statements and like prove your worth and like, because they don't want to be peddling you as, as a false story. It makes them look um, non-credible, you know? And so um, there's a lot more checks and balances on on the system and who's involved in the process from what I understand in India. Now, obviously, I've not been through that process myself, but that's what I've been told. And what was the thing, the thing with the the guy who was like predicting your marriage date? Like, what is that about? Is that part of the process usually? Or is that because it seemed like for someone who's like a lawyer and so educated, this seemed like very non-science based and like something that I would I would imagine you would find it hard to like get behind this idea that there was like this mystical date that you were set to get married. Yeah. So in our tradition, um, when you're born, they're looking at the clock very carefully and they want the minute that you're born because these birth charts are, are often written uh, for you the, the day you're born um, by whoever your family uses as an astrologer. And the theory stands that at 1.48 p.m. in London, England on January 4th, the year I was born, the stars were aligned a certain way in that exact moment in London. And they will literally take the longitude and latitude and find the stars in that moment. And from that, they think they can read a lot about your future. 
Um, I've had my birth chart read twice before, once in my early 20s, once in my late 20s. And, and so when they approached me on the show to have it as a part of my process to show the world, again, the best parts of my culture, I thought, um, I said, sure. Like, I've already had it read twice. In fact, wouldn't it be funny if he said the same things as the other women, the two women that I saw before him? And so for me, it was just taken with a grain of salt. And sure enough, he looked at my chart and immediately said the same exact things that I've heard twice mm. before. And I was like, hmm, there must be something to it. Now, I don't know if it's true or not. Um, I still, but definitely they all looked at this chart and saw the exact same things. And I was like, hmm, I don't know about this. We'll see. We'll see. Wow. They all said I was never going to get married until I was 34 or older. I never believed them in my 20s. I thought 34 was ancient. How could you not be married by 34? That's just, that's insane. What a number. And then I turned 34 last year and I was like, Huh. Well, here we so are. Maybe there, so you think there's like there might be like some sort of accuracy to it? I don't know. We'll see. The one thing that they've all said, which we can't, we won't be able to like fudge at all, is that they have all looked at my chart and been like twin boys, and I'm like, oh. mm, I don't want that. And they're like, I know, <laughs> twin boys. And I'm like, well, huh? There we go. Okay, twin boys. And he said the same thing. He literally looked at it and started laughing, and he was like, Haha, twin boys. Like, great. I guess we'll see then. I, then we're we'll, gonna have we'll have a follow up episode with you to talk about what happened when when boys. that comes down the road. Twin boys. Yeah. Well, he told me everything is gonna be subtle over the next two years, and when I asked what subtle meant, he was like married with kids. I'm like, Shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. I I I I have to say it's uh it's all very interesting. I think there's a reason people are talking about it, and it's because it's interesting. It's it, and also there's. The realities of dating and, and finding a partner are just difficult and everyone goes through it. Doesn't matter, you know, how old or young or rich or poor you are, everyone has looked at someone and been like, Fuck that person, you know, or I love that person. You know, it's one or the other. So um I, I mean, so you said you're single you're still single now, you're still out there. Are you how are you dating now? How does uh, how does one date you know, now with are you matchmaking? are you entering in that world again is, would you do it is, again would you do it again yeah yeah i'd 100 do matchmaking again um i do believe that your relationship with your matchmaker is like another relationship that you're building like you're dating the men yep. she's bringing to you you're dating her um so you better pick someone that's the right fit for you um and you know obviously my first date with sema went poorly and then it got progressively better um so maybe that's something we learn also from the matchmaking process uh i'm currently not dating so since covid i have not I've not been on the apps even. I was just like, that's ridiculous in this time. Uh, and then I think once all of us have started realizing that this could go on for quite a bit of time, um, I am now open to being back on the dating apps just right now. I'm not sleeping more than three or four nights, three or four hours a night. Um, you know, I'm writing my book. Um, my book proposal is, is going to be ready in the next week or two. I'm working full time as a lawyer. I have a travel business on the side that I've had for two years, which now is a crazy time to be in the travel industry and have that be your passion project. And um, I'm doing press starting from 6 a.m. to midnight every night and every day. So my European press starts at 6 a.m. My India press and Asian press starts at 9.30 p.m. Um, so I, when someone's like, hey, do you want to meet so-and-so? I'm like, I'd like to sleep for more than three hours a night, you know, like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love that. Um, and so for now, I'd love to also soak in the positivity of the show and these opportunities. Like, I never thought I would, I, I did actually think I was going to write a book. I never thought I'd write a book about myself. Um, so that's been an interesting journey right now. And I think it's a cool opportunity. And I, I do want to like, kind of enjoy these moments and also so, talk to the people about like, talk to people who are watching the show, real people. That's the best part. Absolutely. I, I, what's the difference? You mentioned the press for European versus India press versus American press. What's the major difference between the three if you were going to split it up into European, India, and, and American? Um, so Indians are extremely wise to the matchmaking process. And so I feel like I was never as polarizing there to the masses. The women there loved me from day one. They didn't yeah. even have to process the show because they all have a Sima auntie and they all hate that Sima auntie. And so they were like, <laughs> why do they hate her? They're, they're just like, this well, person she's probably telling them what to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's that's some pretty sexist and misogynistic thing. Yeah. Like, sure. But I, I'm saying they all in India, like they're just like, I have one and I hate her. A lot of women. Yeah. They're yeah. Like, you know, a lot of South Asian women are really angry and that a woman like her exists in their life and then now exists on a national international screen. And, um, Saying, are there yeah. are there younger, more progressive matchmakers now? Like, uh, does that exist? I don't know. I don't live in India. I mean, they tried to bring one progressive one on there, right, in episode six, and she turned out to be ten times worse. 
She was all like, <laughs> Timbuktu, forget your business. Just give up everything and go for a man you don't know. And my friend Ankita, now my friend Ankita, at the time, just a castmate I didn't know, was like, yeah. no, no. Like, I have this company I love. Like, I would have to talk about my future. I'd be open to it if it was really necessary. And that woman, Geetha, was like, no, girl, you need to go to Timbuktu if your man wants you to go. Yeah. that's the progressive lady then i don't know like Ankita was just featured in vogue the other day for her business and it's like booming and i'm like she doesn't need to go to timbuktu she needs mm -hmm. to maybe have that conversation if that's a serious relationship she's in but she doesn't need to be dictated you know to like that or spoken to like that really and and you know seema saying things to me like you know in india we don't like women lawyers I'm like okay like yeah. what does that even mean like and for her being like, you're picky. I'm only going to give you one person to pick from. But Pradhaman and Akshay get like 150. Sure. And like, what is happening here? Um, so I think a lot of women in Asia, uh, especially India, are very uh, wise. And so my press there has been extremely different um, off the bat. Now it's all kind of the same. I think the whole media trend right now is to talk about the sexism and the um, the misogyny that's actually like just come to the surface uh, on her comments and her actions alone. And, but I was very surprised and Europeans, um, they're more into like the pop culture aspect of it. I was surprised about that too. They're very like um, into showing the South Asians in the UK, like a fun, more entertaining slant and American press is in different across the board just cause it's more vast. Like I've done everything from the New York times and Washington post and New Yorker and Oprah to like my local news channels. So I don't think that there was like a, uh, a place much of a theme yeah there's, yeah. No, there's not a theme it's it's whatever the outlet needs and whatever bent they're taking um based on who the outlet is okay are you have you seen anybody since the show have you any dates any just i know you said you're off at dating but has any dates or anything i literally have not left my house except for the three hours uh or three miles i walk a day i don't have time to leave my house i'm on zoom all day um or working full-time like i'm in court on zoom and then i'll switch to press on zoom and then i'll switch to my business partner in berlin for my travel business on zoom and i uh basically the sun goes down and i'm like time to go take a walk like yeah I, I think i went to starbucks the other day and i got my nails done and i was like wow this is freedom i haven't left in like six weeks and then like someone recognized me and i didn't know how but i have a t-shirt line <laughs> now and i was wearing the be like a parna shirt and I had like this huge mask on my face and I was like a hot mess. And they were like, Aparna. And I'm like, how did you know? They're like, you're wearing your shirt. And now you're like, okay, now I have to move. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I can't also wear my shirts in public if I don't want to be recognized <laughs> because it literally so said funny. be like Aparna. It was not a very subtle shirt. <laughs> you know that feeling when you're going on your first date with the person you've been seriously crushing on and realize you have absolutely nothing to wear? Maybe you find yourself wishing you had the perfect pair of jeans, the one you can fancy up, fancy down, and just look better every time you wear them. Well, that's why you need to check out Lee Denim. I love Lee Denim. I'm wearing them today in the office. I'm wearing their jeans. I love, they also have this other pair that I have at home that I'm really excited to wear. It's like a little baggier, but it's still so comfortable and yet it's still so flattering. I don't know how they do it. Every time you wash it, they also look even better. And I love that they flatter every body type. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. A classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG, what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's lee.com to shop spring looks now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. Aparna, thank you so much for coming on. We're gonna we're gonna play a game that we play at the end of every show. Sure. It's called Red Flag or Deal Breaker, mm. and basically we just give you like uh, a scenario, and you say if this this person's perfect in every way, but they do they do this thing, is it a red flag? And you're like, you can like deal, or is it a deal breaker? And you're out. Okay. They buy dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets to make lunch at home. Neither. I think that's cool. Are they? You're, eat, you're, you're into it. Yeah. Are they soy though? I, I eat Morningstar a lot. If they could be soy, that'd be great. Soy yeah, is I, better, but not not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker, not. not a red flag. That's cool. That How you- about they they call them their Dino Nuggies? They're like Dino. I'll have my Dino Nuggies for lunchy lunchy boy. <laughs> okay. Now you're making me say red flag. <laughs> Okay. But otherwise, I was okay with your food choices. I have like terrible food taste, though. Like everyone wants me to be a foodie. They're like, "Oh, you just seem like you would love like the best food." I'm like, "Uh, I eat Morningstar most days. I don't know." (laughs) Jordana, what do you think? I think it's fine. Um, Mike eats uh, Gushers for uh, you know that's a snack in our pantry, so I think I I can't judge. Can't judge. Yeah. All right. Let's do another. I, I, I don't mind. And the Dino Nuggies, if, if they referred to them as my Dino Nuggies, I'd be like, okay, I got to hear, I got to like smile at this every day with closed teeth. Like, I don't know if I could do that forever, but I think that's, uh, that would get me out. But uh, I'm okay with dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets. Okay. Fair enough. All right. They don't speak to their parents. Red, red flag, flag or deal breaker. Or deal breaker. Uh, red flag because I would want to know why. Like, what if their parents are literally the most horrible people in the world? People, people's parents are real people too, right? They don't do everything sure. right. So I agree. I'd want to know more. I agree, right? But it could be their parents. A lot of people have terrible parents. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. The tough part about that is now you have to hang out with now just your parents. Them. Now your parents yeah, no. are, are their parents. <laughs> yeah, I give them my parents. It's, it's a lot of pressure on me in the relationship where now... You know, what are we going to do this holiday? Your parents. Like, I get no break from my family, which is something I kind of want built into. I need built-in excuses, I think. So this would take away a fun excuse. So I think it's a deal break. I'm out. (laughs) I don't think. Um, Let's do one more. Okay. They, quote, unquote, forget their wallet on your first date. Red flag. Did yeah. they really forget it? Like I would have to. Well, out. let's say the. I guess if the first day went great and they went and touched their back pocket, they went to their soup pocket they and they're like, they ah. did the reach. <laughs> yeah, they did the reach and they go, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. But you had a great first date. We have, that's kind of the game here is that everything's great except this one thing. I I would have to give them another date. I I but uh, I guess from a male perspective, like I'm not like like if she's doing the. The pump fake, you know. Right, where there's definitely a double standard there with the uh, <laughs> with like a, a a female or male date. Um, I think it'd be more socially acceptable for the girl to forget her wallet. Yeah, yeah. or she wouldn't <laughs> even would have to tell know. me. You would never know she forgot it because it was just <laughs> a fake reach anyway. Exactly. Yeah, that like I one time um, I lost my ID in San Francisco, but I have TSA, I have Clear. So I was like, okay, as long as I'm not chosen as like the random person in clear that has to show their ID, I'm good. Like there's a one in 10 chance that I'm stuck here in San Francisco. And I remember going through, it's like, that's kind of the same thing. It's like, there's a one in 10 chance that this girl's going to go, oh, and then you go, where's the wallet? And she's (laughs) like, no, I can't find it. But what would you guys do? I think uh, first time's a red flag, twice is a deal breaker. Yeah, Correct. twice is the. I echo that is the, one. Twice, yeah. now we're seeing a pattern. We, we're wise exactly. to patterns. We're better than <laughs> yeah. that. No, the twice dog ate my wallet. 
So no one forgets their wallet though. It's like this huge thing in your pocket. You can't miss it. I mean, who's not doing keys wallet phone? Like the tap on their keys, body. Keys wallet phone mask. Yeah, keys wallet <laughs> phone mask. So look at you now. Um, a part of this was such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was so yeah. much fun. And we'll Where have can... you back when you have your twins. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll all get our, our stars read. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what is that process called? The, the astrology reading. Oh, which is a regular astrology reading. I did reading. another podcast and I said I would give out his email address. He's been like booming business. People are like, oh my. yeah. I'm sure. Been, yeah. Actually, the Jewish community is really into it. They're, like a lot of Jewish girls are reaching out to me being like, hey, does he do me too? I'm like, yeah, he can, he can read anyone's chart. Your stars are huh. not different than my stars. Ma- there's a reason there's a song matchmaker matchmaker make me a match find me a find catch me a catch it is it, it uh, when i watched the 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 sema lady i was like yeah jews are gonna love this i can i can feel it <laughs> yeah. there's a big or i think in the orthodox jewish community that's also like a pretty big yeah big it, thing matchmaking yeah. Yeah. i walked into the conrad once and um we were going up to that loopy doopy popsicle place like five years ago and there was all these hasidic um, jewish people doing matchmaking in there like everyone was on their dates on the sofas and like all their parents were watching them and i was like the conrad hotel hosts jewish matchmaking events <laughs> who, knew? who knew who knew well where can people find you aparna what, what what's the best way to you know get in touch with you and see your, the, the book that's going to obviously come out and everything you're doing yeah, um, the best way is, I guess, my Instagram. It's my full name, Aparna Shuak Ramani. It says I was on Netflix in the uh, profile, so you'll know you found me. But really, my name should be the giveaway that you found me anyway. We'll push it on all our socials, too. So we really appreciate you coming on. It's really great to meet you and get you know your perspective on the whole show because it was definitely, you know, both of us are fans. So thank you. This was great. Well, thank you guys so much. I really did appreciate this. Thanks. All right. Bye. You Up is hosted by Jared Freed. And Jordana Abraham. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Social media by Abby Lloyd. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at, at UUPPod on Instagram and email your questions to UUP at Betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Netflix. Bridgerton is back. And dearest gentle readers, you will not want to miss this chapter. Longtime friends Colin Bridgerton and Penelope Featherington find themselves in quite the precarious situation. The wallflower is ready to bloom, but she needs Colin's help to find a marriage match. Will these friends defy expectations to find true love? And will Penelope's secret identity as Lady Whistledown destroy any chance she may have at love? You shall have to watch and see. Watch part one of Bridgerton only on Netflix, May 16th. Betches.